This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. Everyone I talk to on this show is someone I follow or was told to follow online. Most of the conversations you'll hear are with people I have never met in person, yet they've impacted how I think. What does it look like for Christians to enter the chat thoughtfully? Let's grow together on Viral Jesus. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. Well, hello, friend. It is pod class episode one. I hope you have a pen and paper and are ready to get your education this week. I am so excited to start this podcast journey toward gaining self-confidence. But first, are you ready for hashtag blessed, where we look at a topic facing all of us with social media and decide whether it's a hashtag blessed or hashtag mess. I invited Scarlett back on the hashtag blessed this week to talk about whether unfollowing people who make us feel insecure is the right move. Joining me for hashtag blessed today is the one and only my best friend, Scarlett Longstreet. We have been doing our blog together. I'm that wife. We are at over almost 270,000 followers on it. And we've been doing that since when, Scarlett? 2016? 2016. Yeah. 2016. So I love tapping Scarlett on anything social media related because she knows. She knows what it means to build an online brand on social media. But Scarlett, I wanted to talk to you. Though This came up in our conversation last week. You said last week, I will unfollow people who make me feel bad about myself. So talk to us a little bit about that. Should we do hate follows? That's something people do. Should we unfollow people if they make us have lower self-esteem? Is that a hashtag blessed or a hashtag mess? What do you say? No, I unfollow without thinking twice. (laughs) No, wait. Are these celebrities that you're unfollowing or are these people you know? You'll even unfollow people you know if they make you feel bad about yourself. Well, no. Okay. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I will mute someone I know because there's no reason for me to make that. It's not about them. Right. I don't want to make them feel like, oh, she doesn't like me or what did I do wrong? I don't want to, you know, get burden them with anything, but I will absolutely, I think that's the appropriate thing to do when it's someone, you know, you mute them. Unfollowing is aggressive and I'm not an aggressive person in that way. But you'll be aggressive if it's somebody you don't know. Oh, if I don't know, I don't get on social media to feel bad about myself. Mm. Even when you curate your list, 
I still see moms and I'm like, wow. And these are people I know or, or celebrities that I really like. And I'm like, wow, they're so good. They're so attentive. And they make me feel bad about myself. Right. So even when it's people accounts that like offer a ton of value to me, that still creeps in. So you have to be ruthless in cutting people out that mostly make you feel like garbage. And this is all like related to the data on social media. We know social media creates a decrease in self-esteem. And so you said, I don't get online to feel bad about myself. But I think the reality is, at least by the research, all of us feel worse about ourselves after being online. Do you not think so? Absolutely. Like I said, even when it's accounts that I really enjoy, one (laughs) new outfit and I'm like, oh, I'm so poor. And for me, it's the traveling. It is very hard for me. Or during COVID, everybody was posting like their photos or videos of them in their in-ground pool behind their home. And I I had to publicly say, I cannot see one more in-ground pool because at that time I was living in a duplex on my college campus. I could not watch people spending their pandemic like they're on a vacation resort. Right. Or all the people that moved into larger homes during the pandemic, they're like, we just, we need space. We got to really, you know, we're on top of each other in this house. I need, so we're going to upgrade or we're going to do that kitchen renovation that we've just been sitting on. So then tell me, what do you do? Because you know what it feels like to have somebody make you feel bad. Do you think that that makes you more perceptive of trying to make others feel better or feel seen when it comes to the content that you create? Absolutely. Truly, I just try to be myself. Mm. And I try to show up within reason as I am. So I don't show a lot of, that's also, right, that's just not my content. I'm not a lifestyle influencer. I'm not a fashion influencer. So I think hopefully, like, I'm just not putting out the stuff. I don't have it together. I can't fake having it together. (laughs) So I would hope that I'm not going to be a person who's making other people feel bad. But someone actually did message me this week and said, I do struggle with anxiety. It seems like you have it together. And I'm like, absolutely not. I don't have it together. I think Mm. that no matter how careful we are, we're always going to post things that trigger people. We can't account for every trigger in the world. I just have to post content that I feel good about. And I have to unfollow people, right? Because it's not on other people to censor themselves. Mm -hmm. I have to unfollow people who make me feel bad. There is a difference between, I do think there's like this layer too when we talk about politics and unfollowing those type of accounts that maybe don't necessarily align with you there. There's a lot of layers to what we consume. I have had people do this to me. It seems as though they're following me just to tell me how much they hate me. And I just feel like that seems like an unwise use of your time. If you can't stand somebody, I think you should unfollow them. Or if somebody makes you feel bad about yourself, I think I would unfollow them. But what do you guys think? Unfollowing people because they make you feel bad about yourself, to make you more insecure. Is that a hashtag blessed or a mess? You decide. If you want to respond to our hashtag blessed segment today, if you have your thoughts on this topic, we would love to hear from you. Just type into your search bar, whether on Instagram or Twitter, type in at 
viral Jesus pod. And then just put a hashtag blast on the end of whatever your comment is, and we will see it. We would love to enter the chat with you. I just want to jump right into our pod class on gaining self-confidence. Our guest today is the one and only Amanda Pittman. Amanda Pittman is an author. She's a speaker. She's an entrepreneur. And she's the founder of Confident Woman Co., a ministry that equips women to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. Through Confident Woman Co., Amanda hosts retreats and conferences and online podcasts, and she is also the author of the new book, Stand in Confidence, From Sinking Insecurity to Rising in Your God-Given Identity. So I am super excited to have this conversation with you, Amanda. We got to meet at She Speaks. So I've seen you in action. So when I met you, actually, I came up to you and said, hey, will you please come on the podcast? I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. And I mean, my first exposure to you was after you spoke and we got some really good food together and the food checked out. Um, so I was like, she's legit because she doesn't think really bad food is, is good. Uh, Do you remember the name of it? Oh, it It was was Peruvian. It was Peruvian food. I don't remember the the name of it, but it was delicious. Was it Viva chicken? I think so. That sounds correct. Listen, if you live in North Carolina, I'm not sure if this is a chain. I don't know if it's just in North Carolina but you have to go to Viva Chicken. It was so good. I was only in North Carolina like two days and I went both days. <laughs> I didn't really be in both days. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Okay, I always do this, Amanda. When somebody comes on the show, I stalk them first. So you are no different. And I share with people something that I found on their social media that I thought was interesting. So here's what I got for you. You say this, full transparency. When I was insecure about myself, I would project those insecurities all over others make assumptions about them, feel intimidated for no fault of their own. The list goes on. Because I know what it was like to think that way, and I remember how much of a lack and scarcity mentality I had, it only gives me compassion when I see others do the same. That post had over, is a reel actually that goes with it, had over 21,000 likes, almost half a million views. Why do you think that struck such a nerve with people? I think that's the caption of it. Um, yeah. And I, so that that was kind of how I made it my own. Um, I just did a voiceover with a, a popular audio. And the audio is saying, if another woman talks bad about you, don't be quick to clap back, but pray for that woman. Mm. And um, I think that resonated with a lot of women because we have this culture of demonizing others. And saying, you are the enemy and mm-hmm. I have no compassion for you. Like, we're really quick to label people. You know, mm-hmm. we're really quick to say, this person is toxic. This person is a narcissist. We overuse narcissism yes. <laughs> this day. Um, we're quick to say, you know, in the church, this person is a Jezebel. You know, like right. we're so quick to label people rather than seeing them through the lens of compassion. I do believe we should have boundaries. I do believe Mm -hmm. that we should have a sober mind and have clear discernment. However, when you're able to see that person for who they are and see what's more so causing their actions, then you're able to have that compassion as opposed to just labeling that person and writing them off. 
And, you know, like I said in the caption, like I grew up super insecure. You know, I was never mm. a cool girl. You know, I was never one of okay, the Okay, wait, girls. pause. Is this, is this real life? Oh, yeah. Totally real life. Totally real life. Okay, I am shocked by that. Yeah, no, I was, oh my gosh, I was a nerd. Wow. I was just weird. Um, so like growing up, I didn't have much. Um, so like my parents would always get me hand-me-down clothes. I don't ever remember doing back to school shopping. Like all of the clothes that I had were, you know, somebody else's clothes. Sometimes they'll be too small, sometimes it'd be too big. A lot of times they'd be just old and worn. Um mm. and I was I guess clinically obese as a kid and mm. had glasses that were bent because they slept in them <laughs> and um, frizzy hair, you know, um, until I started doing my hair myself. I mean, my hair was a mess. And yeah, I just, I was never a kid who did things like sports. Mm. <laughs> like I uh, had an affinity towards like music. Uh, and band and choirs and things like that. And so I spent a lot of my life as a, I guess a minor, <laughs> was mm. an outcast and more so invisible. I had this mentality that my actions don't affect people because whenever I saw, you know, the people that everybody paid attention to, it's like, well, everybody's like, wondering about what so-and-so is doing, but I can do whatever and nobody pays attention. It's it's inconsequential. Um, so mm. even when I would talk bad about people whenever I was younger, I just thought to myself, nobody cares about what I'm saying. So it's inconsequential. It doesn't affect anyone. Like you have to understand what a, I guess, sunken and scarcity place that must come from for someone to believe, wow, I can just say something about someone else. And a lot of times we, we believe that it won't affect them. Or a lot of times when people do that, it's because that's the only attention that they'll get. They'll only get attention if they'll mm. attach themselves to someone else who they deem as more important. And so even if it's in a negative way, it's attention nonetheless, right? And so I just remember the kind of mentality I had then. And I'm like, my goodness, <laughs> I just have a lot of compassion for people now, you know, when when people will assume things about me and ascribe things to me that are so far from reality, but I can't help but remember the mentality I once had and have compassions. Two things that come to mind as you're saying that. One, the reason I'm so shocked, I think, is not just because you're beautiful, but also because when I was at your talk, and it's really what we're going to talk about today, the confidence that you have is palpable. Mm -hmm. By the end of your talk, you had everybody um, put their arms around each other. And we literally, I cried. Really? At the end, standing next to two strangers. Wow. Putting my, it was just this really beautiful, she speaks is awesome. It is. We love Lisa Turkers here. But just putting my arms around these two strangers, this big group of women who feel called by God to do something, don't even know what it is yet. And the language that you gave to it, it was just I am shocked to hear that you are somebody who didn't know your voice mm -hmm. early on because you seem so clear mm -hmm. in your voice right now. Yeah. So that's why I was shocked. But there's something else you just said, which is we think our actions are inconsequential. And I think this really relates to people online mm -hmm. because this is why I've gotten off Twitter. It's just so much punching yeah. 
trying to build your platform by taking, you know, talking horribly about somebody yeah. else, not thinking about the consequences of that, that person goes to bed feeling. That's a lot of our people on the show are content creators. Yeah. And so can you talk to that for a second? <laughs> the fear or just that feeling of, okay, I created this content. We're human beings, right? I'm nervous to put this out there. And then there's negative comments and not all, right? It's like one. But that's the one I latch on to. And then I feel like, well, then maybe I wasn't supposed to do this. Or I hate that person. And I'm going to clap back at you in my comment section. Talk to us about how can we handle then yeah. other people's negativity toward us trying to walk in our calling? Yeah. My goodness. Okay. So this is this topic is very near and dear to my heart because in 2019, um, I discovered that there was a gossip blog um, that talked about me and a lot of people in my like circle. And it was really attached to s- someone else. But I mean, everybody got, you know, you're just collateral damage at that point. Everybody gets slammed, you know. And whenever I found out about this, I was devastated. Mm. I was like, how is this legal? You know, right. how is it legal for people to just bully you online, stalk your every move, make comments about this and that? And for me, for a while, I felt too much compassion for those people. <laughs> so yeah. I, I do believe in having some compassion. But I had so much compassion for these people that I thought, man, if only they knew me, they wouldn't think this about me. They're making these assumptions because they're projecting based on an image that they think that I am, but they don't even realize this is the person I used to be. I used to think like this, you know, like right. if, if only they knew, right? Um, <laughs> and so because of this, it made me start to change myself and mold myself into such a way that I thought would be more palpable to them. And it made it worse because I started to become less authentic. Mm. And in doing so, I saw they still ripped me to shreds either way. Like they did not like me. They just Mm. hated me to hate me, right? Mm. They hated me and everyone associated with, you know, whatever circle I was in during that time. And I realized at that point this has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with something that is inside of them. And it is insatiable. It's unquenchable. There's something deeply spiritual about it as well. And so rather than contorting myself to try and mm-hmm. appease them, I have to understand I cannot appease these people. And I cannot have so much compassion for them that my discernment is clouded. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a friend of mine during the time I was just spiraling. 2020 was a hard year for me for a lot of reasons. But she told me, Amanda, your love for people clouds your discernment about them. And so I could not adequately discern because I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a real person behind the screen. And, you know, I I could, if only it was just so far from reality, trolls are going to be trolls, you know, like at the end of the day, insatiable. And so I had become addicted to checking it um, because I thought that I was protecting myself, preserving myself. Like, oh, if I only knew what they're saying, then it will help me to protect myself from what, you know, can come. I could. Right. And it was so far from reality. It only made it worse. Right. And so at rock bottom, I had to get my husband to put a block on my phone. He had to block the website for me and block it on the laptop as well. And after like a I want to say about a year of being off of it, I was able to see so clearly. All I saw was 
feelings of inadequacy, belief that your voice is, is inconsequential, or belief that you'll only find value in your voice if you attach yourself to someone who think is more valuable. A lot of it is jealousy. Mm-hmm. You have to think about it. If someone dedicates so much of their life to tearing others down, how bad must their internal self-talk right. be? H- how savage must their internal critic be? And so I had to be so far removed from that to even get to that place of soberness. And so what I would say is um, to all the content creators out there, because there was a point where it was just like one or two negative comments. But when I was reading that, it was like, it felt like the entire world hated me. Right. Because it's not just one or two. It was like hundreds of people on Mm -hmm. the site, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody hates me. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would say to content creators is do not read it. First and foremost, you will not see soberly You will not be level-headed if you are constantly consuming content that is saying something negative about you. Even if you think that it can't affect you, it won't affect you, as I did, and I've spoken with many others who have found themselves on Reddit, who have found themselves on different sites like this, you think it won't affect you. But if you read something about yourself long enough, you'll start to question yourself. Mm -hmm. You'll start to question if what they're saying is true. If, if this is an accurate assessment and it's going to affect your self-image, it's going to affect your self-worth, all of that. And then secondly, I would say have enough compassion for them to ignore them. Mm. Because a lot of times we think, okay, well, if I love them, maybe I'll respond to them. Maybe I can help them to see clearly. Maybe I can change their mind, <laughs> right. right? Or if I clap back and if I get angry, then, you know, they'll leave me alone. Either way, it don't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's only fueling their misery. Mm. So the best, most loving thing you could possibly do is ignore them. I used to respond to comments that would pop up on my Instagram. And YouTube's way worse. Like, it, I don't get a ton of, like, negative comments on, on Instagram. But YouTube people are a little bit more, like, trolly. And usually they're just, like, commenting on what I'm wearing or how they think my makeup is supposed to be or whatever. I used to respond so often. And then I realized this is a waste of my energy. This is a Mm -hmm. waste of my time. And this does not change people. You are not going to change someone from one comment. You're not going to change someone from one DM conversation. It's not going to happen. See them as they are. Believe that is who they are. And love them enough to ignore them. And then when you do that, you're going to grow in the level of confidence to say, hey, People are going to love me. People are going to hate me, but I'm just going to show up authentically. Mm-hmm. That's the process I had to go on. I'll say one last thing on that. Yeah, please. Yeah. The last thing I would say is sometimes we need to face the very thing we fear. Sometimes we need to experience the very thing that we fear in order for that fear to break off of us. For so much of my life, I feared the opinions of people. I, I, I did not fear God more than I feared people. I was so bound to the opinions of people because I'm afraid of negative things they would say about me. And it wasn't until I faced the very thing I fear. Wow, there are a lot of people who hate me. There are a lot of people who are saying negative things about me. But did I die though? No. Right. I'm okay. I bounced back. My self-image is restored after it was shred to pieces, but now it's built on a stronger foundation. Now it's not built on a foundation of being liked, being approved of. Now it's built on a foundation 
of Christ and what He has called me to say and do and showing up with fear of Him rather than fear of people. And so sometimes I believe we need to like stop being kind of coddled and Mm. just like face the facts. People are going to hate you, but are you going to show up and do what you know you're supposed to do anyways? Um, So that's what I would say. Your book is called Stand in Confidence from Sinking Insecurity to Rising in Your God Given Identity. What does it mean to stand in confidence? Hmm. This is when you get to a place where you're receptive to what all God has for you, and you're also quite generous for what He has for you to give. Hmm. You are not shaken by the waves of life. You're not shaken by the opinions of people. You're not shaken by fear. But instead, you are so secure in who God has made you to be and what he's called you to do. You see God accurately. You see yourself accurately. And you're able to move forward. Not that insecurities won't arise. They will. But you have all the tools you need to respond accordingly. And you're still going to show up and do what God has called you to do. That's what it means to stand in confidence. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19, and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today. How do you think our insecurities impact our relationships, even with people who we love. Hmm. Do you think that when we have a poor self-image, that that's impacting our relationships, even the positive ones? Definitely. Insecurities hinder healthy relationships. Whenever I first started dating my now husband, Michael, my insecurities were a huge part of what held us back initially um, until I healed in that area. But insecurities lead to a lot of things. It can lead to like if you're insecure about someone leaving you, it could lead to control, possessiveness. Mm. If you're insecure about being inadequate, it can lead to feeling like you have to overwork and perform and achieve for love. If you're insecure about their commitment to you, it could lead to you just consistently needing affirmation, consistently needing 
reassurance and because you don't have that reassurance within yourself. And I've experienced all of these things in my life um, before yeah. I healed some of these areas that needed truth spoken over. And so, yeah, insecurities can really get in the way of our relationships. And one of the ways that I can identify if someone is confident and has like a healthy self-image is I can look at the quality of their relationships. You can mm. tell a lot about what someone believes about who they are and about what someone believes they deserve based on the type of people that they choose to have around them. So like before we even get to how they hinder relationships, insecurities will affect how you choose your relationships. It'll mm. affect the type of people who you'll choose to surround yourself with. Like for such a long time in my life, I only thought that I deserved a certain type of relationship, a certain type of person. Like I thought, oh, I can never be friends with the person who makes all the good grades and who goes to church. They're too good for me. And so I'm over here with the kid who like, you know, vandalizes school and like mm -hmm. sticks stickers on everything, right? <laughs> and so um, it's just like, it affects how you choose those around you. So that's what I would say. What did your healing journey look like? Mm -hmm. How did you go from the person that you're talking about struggling with these insecurities to actually tell us about your ministry? You literally help train mm -hmm. women in being more confident. Mm -hmm. So how did that transpire? I would say I stumbled into a lot of this. For mm -hmm. me, it was a process. I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. Uh, I stumbled into even realizing that this was an issue, you know, because when when insecurity plagues you, you probably don't even realize it does until you're healed from it. And so whenever I got into a relationship with my now husband, it was the most healthy relationship I had ever been in, romantic or platonic or familial. I had never been in a, that level of health mm. um, when it came to a relationship. For me, that was quite eye-opening. Because I realized, oh my goodness, you can have a real conversation that is confrontational, that's also loving and kind, and you don't have to pop off. You don't have to clap back. Wow, you can have like a legit conversation and be intelligible and um, respectful. Wow, this is healthy and you can maintain that. Wow, I didn't know this was possible. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize this level of goodness is possible. Like my new baseline for a relationship is filled with love and goodness and mutual respect. That was a huge part of that. And um, whenever we first started dating, people would tell us, oh my goodness, like you guys, your personalities, you, you guys together, you should totally do YouTube. We're like, sure, let's do it. Especially because during that time, we were just trying to date God's way and we could not find anyone around us who was doing it God's way. And so we thought to ourselves, man, well, if we're feeling this deficiency, let's meet the need for someone else who's definitely feeling it too. So... Um, we started doing YouTube videos about dating God's way mm -hmm. and living so much of my life believing that what I say and do is inconsequential to others. And then realizing, oh my gosh, I'm impacting all these people. Right. These people are saying, wow, these videos are changing my life. That was really eye-opening. And then uh, my husband like wrote a blog and he started Instagramming. Mm. And I thought to myself, of course he can because he's Michael Pittman. And, um, you know, I just had this view of him that he can do anything he puts his mind to. Mm -hmm. And then he encouraged me. He was like, why don't you blog? You love to write. You, you've always wanted to write. 
why don't you like share on Instagram? I'm like, me? Why would I do that? Like, who am I? People are going to be like, who does she think she is? Like, nobody's going to listen to me. I just thought my voice was so inconsequential. But I was like, okay, I was fearful. I was skeptical and doubtful, but I did it anyways. And oh my goodness, people were listening. People were gleaning from the faith-based content I was creating on Instagram. They're gleaning Mm -hmm. from it on my blog. And my unique perspective actually helped people. And I would see the type of comments they would leave and the types of DMs I would get. And I thought to myself, wow, I never thought that I can make an impact like this. I, I never thought I could. And so what was happening during that time is that my mind was being renewed and all of these limiting beliefs were breaking off of me. And I started to see clearly, I started to see my voice accurately. I started to see God accurately. And I started to see a new path for my life. And so as this was happening and over the years, my husband and I, we just didn't create as much like a couple's content anymore. We just got tired of it. We're like, ah, after a while, there's only so much to say about like that. But then I realized, oh my gosh, there's a theme in my life. I am consistently helping women with establishing their connection with God and that translating to their confidence. And so in 2018, um, my husband and I stepped out into um, full-time entrepreneurship and full-time ministry at the same time. And during that time, I launched a program called the Confident Woman Mentorship Program. And I didn't think much of it. I didn't think it would turn into anything. But I'm like, okay, this is just something that that I can do, a way that I can help people. And then uh, later on that year, the Lord called me to do an online conference. And so I was like, oh, let's just keep with the theme, you know, Confident Woman Online Conference. And then that next year in 2019, he led me to have a retreat. Okay, I'm like, okay, let me just call it the Confident Woman Atlanta Retreat because I was living in Atlanta during the time. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing a theme. And I'm consistently helping women when it comes to their confidence in Christ. And I was like, okay, well, let me just create an overarching umbrella where it can keep it all together. And that's where Confident Woman Co. came from. And over time, the Lord revealed to me, Amanda, this belongs to Mm me. Amanda, this is a ministry. Amanda, this is more than you realize it is. And then that's when my focus became really linear. And the final thing I'll say is at first, the, the tagline was equipping you to confidently pursue your God-given purpose, which I think is good. You know, it's it's, it's not a bad thing, but I, I felt like it was, I realized after I was helping so many women and even as the Lord changed me internally, that when you pursue your purpose and you pursue your calling and you pursue all of these things that God can give you without just pursuing Him, then it's sinking sand. You do not feel confident. You do not. It's Mm. never enough. It feels like a hamster wheel. And so I realized, man, but when it came to my calling and my purpose, it was never about seeking the calling or the purpose. I never knew the plan. All of this seemed accidental, right? Talk about that. This this is not my plan for my life. I wanted to be a musician. But when Mm. I sought God himself, he led me there. And so that's mm-hmm. when the Lord really shifted my mentality and we changed the tagline to equipping you to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. Because if you do that, mm-hmm. your calling follows, your purpose follows. But guess what? If you pursue your purpose, but not God, you'll get your purpose, but you won't get God. <laughs> but if you pursue God, you're going to get God and you're going to get your purpose. Mm-hmm. You're going to get all of it um, because it's all found in Him. So 
that was kind of my journey and I didn't anticipate it, but um, it's beautiful to see how God kind of paves the way. I've been thinking about this past week because when Joseph gets his position in Egypt, had his family come too soon, he may not have actually fulfilled the purpose, which was to give them a place, Mm -hmm. right? So that they are even there to cross through the Red Sea years later, right? You can get your position and not be in your Mm. purpose. And only because Joseph was both in position and purpose is the entire, like literally the line of Jesus is preserved Mm -hmm. because of what Joseph does in Egypt, which is what I just heard you say. I almost have tears in my eyes again. (laughs) And it's because here's the thing about you. I'm able to articulate it. You believe what you're saying. Yes, I do. (laughs) And that's refreshing. At a time when everybody's trying to sell me something, what I love about you, Amanda, both on stage and even just right here on a podcast is you can see that you believe what you're saying to me. And that is just such a gift. Thank you. So I want to, I want to point that out to you. What do you think are some of the strategies? Somebody who picks up your book, Mm -hmm. everybody needs, you can do it right now. Stand in confidence. You can get it wherever books are sold. What are some of the strategies you're going to give people who are picking up your book? Mm. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for affirming that. That means a lot to me because one of my values is honesty, authenticity, just the purity of that. And, you know, when you and I are in this space, when we do a lot of interviews, we're on social, I mean, you see it all, right? Mm -hmm. You see the real deals. You see people, wow, like this is really just a marketing play for Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) So it's it's refreshing. I'm just really grateful that you have such kind things to say. And I do. I do really believe what I'm saying. I can tell. I've lived. Um, The strategies that I teach in the book, I talk about the four components of confidence. And these four components are the four biblically-based things that the Lord established within my life that created a holistic sense of confidence that can't be taken away from me. And these are the four components that we all need. So the first is clarity. When you have clarity, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Many times we're walking in confusion. We don't know who we are. We don't Mm -hmm. know how God has designed us. And we feel like we have to be a carbon copy of someone else. We feel jealous. We feel insecure because we don't have what they have when we don't realize what God has given us. And so this clarity is all about embracing your God-given identity and then defining your God-given design. Hmm. Clarity has to come first. And this is its also about seeing God accurately and seeing yourself accurately um, and building that foundation upon God's love. And the next component of competence is connection. This is your connection with God and your connection with others. And it has to go in that order because your connection with yeah. God is the one relationship that affects all of your other relationships. When my connection with God became more established and deeper, He helped me to pick my people wisely. Yep. Yep. He gave me that discernment. Mm-hmm. And what I would label bad relationships, I don't see anything as bad at this point because I learned from all of it. But mm-hmm. even those bad experiences have given me the wisdom and discernment I need to pick my people in the future, because God has been with me every step of the way. And so in that section, I talk about how to hear the voice of God for yourself, to build that spiritual confidence so that you don't feel like you have to rely on the voices of other people, but you have this direct access to God. And then I also talk about the strategies you can use to create secure connections in your life. Because a lot of times the voices around us shape our perception of ourselves. Well, not all the time, not a lot of times, pretty much all the time. Right. Right. And so if everyone who's around you 
is uh, speaking negatively about you, then it's really hard for you to be everything that God has called you to be because you're going to start to believe that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I give strategies about how to categorize your connections, create secure connections, and even sever insecure connections. The next component of confidence is competency. You need to have competency in your craft and competency in Christ. These things work together. And this works for pretty much any industry that you're in, anything that you do. However, when I'm writing about this in the book, it's about competency in Christ and having the competency to have confidence in Christ. And so in that section, I talk about renewing your mind. And before you even can renew your mind, you need to create capacity. Because Hmm. if you want more in life, but you don't have any room for more, then any overflow becomes a burden and not a blessing. Wow. And so first you have to create the capacity to even renew your mind. Many times we don't have capacity to renew our mind because we have not healed. So in that section, I talk about healing and deliverance. And I think a lot of times when we hear the word deliverance, it spooks some people. Um, But deliverance is essentially getting rid of anything that God has not given you, right? So the scripture says God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? So deliverance can look like being free from the spirit of fear. Hmm. And God has not made us slaves. So deliverance can look like being free of a slave-like mentality, feeling like we have to perform for God, but rather we're a child. And so healing and deliverance is paramount before you try to renew your mind. And I talk about also how to renew your mind practically with the Reclaim Your Confidence framework. So this looks like reprogramming your beliefs. Hmm. And so it all starts with your faith, what you truly believe, which leads to your focus what you think about, what you talk about, which leads to your feelings, because our emotions are some of our biggest motivators, which leads to our follow through, which are our actions, which will give us our feedback, which is the fruit of our life. And this makes a cycle which creates our life. And so if we want to create a new life with a new framework of confidence, we actually have to get to our faith, what we truly believe, this internal programming, and strategically reprogram that um, with every aspect of it so that we can have the life that we want. And then finally, it's conviction. And Heather, when you're talking about me Mm -hmm. believing what I'm saying, that's the conviction piece. You have to have conviction if you're going to have confidence. Why? Because insecurities are going to come. This is not a book about how to not feel insecure. You will feel insecure at times. You will feel fearful at times. It's not about avoiding it altogether, but it's having the conviction to face it. You have to have Mm. a conviction that's greater than your fear. You have to have a conviction that's greater than your insecurities because then you can override those and say, my purpose is too important for me to sit on the sideline. My purpose is too important for me to care about how I look. What I have to say is more important. What God has called me to do is more important. Therefore, I'm not going to let any of these things get in the way. It's too important. This is all about knowing your responsibility within the kingdom and also using your authority. So all of these things work together, clarity, connection, competency, and conviction. And when you use these and you find these and establish them in Christ, that's when you build a confidence that lasts. So that's what the book is about. And I believe it's a framework that anyone can use. I, I think my voice is yes. called to women, but I mean, it's it's honestly something that we all need. Amanda Pittman is the author of Stand in Confidence. You have got, why are you waiting? Pick <laughs> up her book right now. It is so important. It's like she just said, it's too important. Mm-hmm. This is your life. 
and how do we start taking ownership of it? Amanda, my tagline this season for Viral Jesus is to encourage people to enter the chat. In a time when social media has so many negatives around it at Viral Jesus, we want to encourage people to take ownership of how they are communicating their faith, both online and off. So my question that I'm asking every single person this season is, how do you choose to be a redemptive voice Mm -hmm. in the online space? We live in an age where everyone is so reactive and in a space where everyone is reacting to what someone else is saying or reenacting what someone else is doing. Everybody's doing the same reels. Everyone's doing the Mm -hmm. same trends. If you're going to redeem it, you're going to have to create. Mm. You can't change the world by being just like it and imitating everything that you see. You're going to have to create. It also means creating conversations, not just adding to the noise, but creating a new conversation. Right. And so I believe redeeming this social media space looks like going to God and saying, Lord, I don't want to just follow the trends. I don't want to be another voice that is reactive and adds to the noise. Lord, what do you have me to say? I want to be a kingdom creator. What do you have me to say? What's the fresh Rima? What's the fresh outpouring of what you have to say? I want to be in alignment with that. And from that place, creating. So what did we learn on episode one of our pod class journey toward gaining self-confidence from Amanda Pittman? Number one, our insecurities are impacting our relationships. Learning to gain in confidence is not just for you. It will also serve us relationally. Number two, this is something we can learn. Amanda was not born confident. I think sometimes we think, well, we just have to be born a certain way. Amanda says she wasn't. She was deeply insecure. And yet now she is the founder of Confident Woman Co. These are skills we can teach ourselves. Number three, God should be at the center of this process. Gaining confidence is not something we are able to do or going to do in our own strength. It is something we can be empowered to do through our identity in Jesus Christ. Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Next week, we sit down with Jordan Lee Dooley and learn how to embrace our almost. I'll see you next week for another conversation where a Viral Jesus guest talks and you and I listen so we can learn. I love growing with you on Viral Jesus. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast, two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.